to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We've already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence so you will never work for someone else again. And now, here's your host, Dustin Heiner. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show. I am very, very excited to have you here with us learning how to become successfully unemployed. And everybody that we talk to on the Successfully Unemployed Show is we're just normal people doing everyday things, but we figure out a way to not work that J-O-B, that just overbroke job ever again with other means to make money. Now, today I have an expert on her name is Laura Garapi. She has a website before you go freelance, and we're going to talk all about freelancing. And I absolutely love utilizing freelancers, and this is a great way for you to get started. This is a great way to make money. So, Laura, thank you so much for being on Successfully Unemployed Show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here, and I love the concept of just overbroke job. It's like it's the enemy. We want to avoid it at all costs. <laughs> You're absolutely right, because our bosses are literally just paying us enough to keep us working and not quitting, but not so much as taking money out of their pocket. So we just got to get out of that every single way. So now, how do you make money for and provide for your family without having that just overbroke job? So primarily, I make my money through freelance writing. Um, I write for small businesses and online publications. Uh, most of my work is in the personal finance, careers, and entrepreneurship niches, but I do certainly have one-offs and really enjoy exploring other topics as well. Um, in addition to the writing, I am a business coach to new and aspiring freelancers. I just started that this year, so it's been awesome to help other people experience the same freedom and flexibility that I do, in addition to diversifying my own income streams to better my financial future. That's great. Yeah, I know I personally love to have a river of income, basically one uh, main stream of income so that I know that money's coming in. But then at the same time, once I have that river, mine is real estate. So I buy rental properties, been doing it for 15 years. And after I had so many properties, I realized, man, I don't have to work. And then I realized I, awesome. I should start getting other streams. So I have a river, but then I have plenty of streams of income. So I think you're definitely right on the track with that. Now, when you're talking about freelancing, it's not something you just you've been doing forever, but you got into what were you doing before? Like, what were you working as a normal job? And then what got you in the transition to realize I want to be successfully unemployed and stop working for somebody else? So prior to uh, going freelance, I was working in human resources for 10 years. Um, it wasn't a bad job. I learned a lot. I didn't leave my last role because of a bad boss, um, as so many others do. But I just realized that a nine to five wasn't letting me show up for my own life the way that I wanted to. I wanted to create work for myself that really let me live around my responsibilities for making money rather than, uh, well, excuse me, I'd rather work around my life rather than live around my work. Um, that's a big deal for me. And so um, when I had a family member, unfortunately, pass away in 2017, it kind of put a light bulb 
uh, up for me that I needed to make a change. Originally, I was planning on trying to retire early. I had already started to amass some money and plan for that. But I realized that was still a decade, decade and a half out. And how many more people would pass away before that happened? How many more important opportunities would I miss? And so I realized I couldn't put it on hold for that long. And that's why I decided to quit my job in February of 2018 to basically take some time to figure out what my next steps were. And I ultimately landed on freelance writing. So had you been doing any writing before that? How did you get into freelance writing? I mean, I've always enjoyed writing as a kid. uh, You know, I wrote poetry. um, I was... Uh, originally a journalism major for a little while. I had written for my local newspaper. I I ended up shifting gears, but I always enjoyed writing. Uh, People have told me that I was good at it. Um, I hadn't really thought about freelance writing as a a career when I quit my job. I kind of fell into it by accident. I started a blog uh, not long after I left my job because it just seemed like, you know, the right thing to do if you want to get into online business. Everybody and their brother had one. So I said, let me start mine. And it originally was posts chronicling my decision to quit my job. And uh, that included the financial preparation I I took to do so, which led me to um, unwittingly break into the personal finance space. And I just wound up uh, developing connections within that niche and, and things just kind of snowballed from there. That's terrific. Yeah. So I started my first website, Master Passive Income, where I talk and teach about real estate. And what, and so thinking about what you just said, chronicling your leaving your job, um, I knew I was going to quit my job because I had enough properties. I had enough money coming in. I didn't need to work anymore. And I felt like a fraud telling people, hey, this is how you can do it. But I was still working a job because it's hard to leave that W-2, you know, that, that stable paycheck. So on the top right-hand corner of the website, I literally had a countdown timer for the day and time that I was actually going to quit my job. And funny enough, my boss found it and he's like, Hey, I oh, guess no. you're going to quit your job. I'm like, <laughs> yes, I am. So just, just so you know, you're on the, we're on the same page. So I was working for the government. It's hard for them to, you know, fire anybody. So it worked out well, but anyways, now you took the leap into um, quitting your job before you really had a lot of stable income coming. Was that nerve wracking for you? Was that something that was easy or would you recommend people do that same thing? You know, I'm pretty comfortable with risk. And I knew that I also had set um, a framework for myself to better my chances of success. I mean, I had a a tidy nest egg um, because I had been trying to save up to retire early. So I had cash available. Um, And then I also arranged for some part-time remote work um, for the early, early months so that I could continue to earn a little bit of money to prolong the life of my savings. So while it was a bit of a gamble, I don't feel like I went into it recklessly. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm much more, um, well, I have wife and four kids, so I'm like the only one that's making money. She stays home and she has the hard job of homeschooling the kids. I have the easy job of making money. And so I had to make sure that we still have a roof over our heads. So yeah, I definitely, I love taking risks, but at the same time, calculated risks. So I love that. Now, if we are thinking about getting into freelance writing or being able to do things that are helping other people in their business and with writing or with anything that's freelancing, does it all go together? Or are you thinking that freelancing is specifically writing or would freelancing be video editing or whatever it might be. Is freelancing more than just writing or what do you think? Oh, it's 100% more than just writing. I mean, you can offer pretty much any service as a freelancer, Um, social media, virtual assistant, uh, video editing, photography, marketing consultants, 
accountants, you know, my accountant uh, owns his own business. He doesn't work for someone else and he specializes in helping freelancers with, with their um, financial needs. So as, as long as it's a legal service to offer, you can pretty much freelance any which way you want. That's super cool. I know I love having a side hustle in any different way. And you just literally listed like, seemed like 10 that anybody can absolutely do. So that's terrific. Now, if we were wanting to get into freelance writing, let's say it's writing specifically, because there's plenty of other ways, but let's just go down the route of writing because that's what you did. If we wanted to get started writing, would the first step be something like just writing on our own and publishing a blog? Or like, what do you think the first step would be to become or start getting out there as a freelance writer? Absolutely advocate starting with your own blog, especially if you've never been published somewhere else before. But I also advocate for building your network super early. So as you're launching your website, as you're writing as a labor of love to um, become known, to showcase your expertise, you should also be connecting with other people um, that you can help and that can help you. That might be other freelance writers that can advise you. That might be potential clients down the line. That might be other blogs within your space. Um, a logical next step from writing for your own blog for free is writing for someone else's blog for free or for low money, just so you can say that you've been published somewhere else. Um, you know, you shouldn't stay in the no pay zone for too long, but it's absolutely a great way to start to build your portfolio. Would that also translate into other freelance type of gigs? Are you thinking that you really just get your stuff out there so people can see it and then start doing some a little bit for people for free so you other people can get known and then transition into getting paid? Is Would that transition to all the different types of freelancing? I think it could. You know, if you were a graphic designer, for example, you could do a basic logo for a small business for pro bono or, or for a low fee, just so you can say, hey, I've done this for someone else and they were happy with it. I can do the same for you. That's a, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Now, as we are going forward in our freelancing, let's say we do, we get started, we start a blog, we start, and if it's doing graphic design, you even have a blog to pro, you know show your portfolio. You're basically showing people what you can do. You know, like here's what I've done and here's what I can probably do for you. Now, if we're transitioning from, doing it ourselves on our blogs, and then showing everything there, then we start work reaching out to other people. How do we reach out to other sites or other companies to get them to literally just let us do things for free for them, rather than th help because I know sometimes people reach out to me and it feels like, well, it might be a little more effort on my part, even though it's free. I don't know what I'm getting. What, what are your thoughts about getting started with getting other people willing to allow you to be on their platform? So I think it's about building rapport long before you make an ask. Um, I, I'm not a fan of cold pitching to attract clients, nor am I a fan of being cold pitched. So um, I mean, I think, you know, if you see a blog that you might want to write a guest post for, um, connect with them on social media, share their stuff, comment, um, make sure that they know your name and they appreciate you to a degree before you um, land in their inbox asking for a favor. I think that's a brilliant idea because you're helping out the person first because I, I get pitches all the time. I have a number of different blogs. I get pitches all the time for people. Hey, I'll write for free for you. I'm like, well, yeah, I appreciate that. But I got a lot of other writers as well as I don't know your stuff, all that sort of like, I know it's going to help you so much more than it would help me. And I always get 
a lot more, or I, I feel much more encouraged to go with somebody when they've already been, like you said, sharing my things on social media, tagging me and saying, hey, you know, here's Dustin. He's got this great article. Check this out. Or there's a video or really promoting me first. I'm like, hey, this person's really going the extra step rather than just sending out a cold email saying, hey, I'm a writer and I saw your blog and I, I saw this one pay or you know, this one blog post you did. It was fantastic. I didn't actually read it. They don't say this, but it just, you know, they didn't actually read it and <laughs> yeah. they moved on and just emailed you. So now I think that's great. So that's fantastic advice. As we start doing that, we start um, giving to the people we want to actually work with. Then do we reach out to them in an email or like social media? Is What's your best way with networking further beyond just, you know, random sharing a post and tagging? Uh, I mean, I think email is, is fine. Um, or you can slide into a DM. But the key is to make sure that they're going to know who you are first. So I think the method by which you communicate is less important than how you make the approach. I think that's a great idea. I, I completely agree. And as I already know people because they've shown their face on other places, I'm like, yeah, I'll take time to actually listen to them there rather than a cold email. Okay, so let's say we do get somebody that we start writing for them. And obviously, getting into how to write, what to write, how to do it well, and make sure that people actually want to read it. That's a whole nother ball of wax. We're not going to go down that. You're going to actually have to learn that just like if you're going to do graphic design, you got to make sure you do that while our podcast editing or YouTube videos or whatever it might be, you're going to learn that that skill. But we're talking about freelancing. So once we've already got in there, we have a few blog posts, or we've written for some articles or something like that, we've already got out there. How do we then transition to actually start asking for money? Because that's kind of scary to say, well, now here's my fee. It's it's $5. Well, $5 is nothing compared to what most people pay. But how do we then transition to start asking for money? So I think if you write a guest post for a website that you know um, hires freelancers, and they're happy with the guest post that you've provided, it's totally okay to say, hey, I've enjoyed working with you. Um, I'd love to continue our relationship and join your freelance team. And then see what they say. You know, the money negotiation part happens after they've agreed to even explore the idea of hiring you. That's a great point because after I've already realized that this person's valuable, that I want to continue working with them, it's so much easier for me to part with money because I'm already spending money on other things, other people writing articles, other editors, video editors, all that sort of stuff. And so if I find something that's valuable, then I can move forward. So I think that's a great point. So it is, is it that we ask for a little, little amount of money, like 20 bucks or like, how should we structure our prices when we first get our first paid gig? Pricing is definitely um, a very broad uh, topic. So there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, certainly your experience does factor in. Someone that's been doing it for 10 years is going to command a higher rate, but you also have to consider the client. If it's just another small blog or website or business, they're going to have less of a budget than a major corporation. Um, you have to consider the scope of the project. So, you know, if someone wants me to write a 500 word blog post, it's going to cost considerably less than a 2000 word blog post. You know, do I need to do certain Certain research? Do I need to interview people? You know, if other people are involved in the project, the price goes up. So it's really hard to give pricing advice without having um, all the details about the situation. I've seen, if you go to like to Fiverr or places like that, where you try to hire freelance writers or freelance anybody, sometimes they say, well, this much or this 
this many cents, like five cents per word or something like that, which, you know, that calculates out. You want 2000 words, you just multiply it by 2000. So is that something that you should do? Or is it literally starting with a certain price that you think the market can bear or whoever your clients can be okay with? Because the question I get a lot is, well, what's your budget? I'm like, oh, I'm not going to tell you my budget. I'm going to know what you're going to charge, you know, because I don't want to show my, I love negotiating. So I'm not going to literally show you my hand. Well, yeah, my budget's $200 an article. Oh, t- done. I'm like, what if I could have got it for $100 an article? I'm going to try that as well. So um, if we're going to go forward with it, obviously there's a lot of different things. I really need to nail you down on this because as we're going to get started, that's the biggest question. What should we start with? Should we start with a lower dollar amount? Should we start a little higher? What are your thoughts? Well, when you're getting started, I think that you know certainly you should think about the going rate, which you can learn about by networking with other freelancers, but also have some flexibility. So if the going rate for a smallish blog for a thousand word blog post is $150, say, maybe you start with that. And then if the uh, prospective client box, maybe you have a little wiggle room considering this is your first paid gig. Uh, And then once you reach an agreement with client A, when you negotiate with client B, you ask for a little bit more than that. And you keep um, increasing it up to the point uh, that the market will bear for whatever service that you're providing. That's great. And I know I have interviewed other freelance writers here on Successful Unemployed, and I also have friends that are freelance writers. They, If they've been doing it for a long time, they're in big publications, you know, big um, uh, newspapers or big websites. They command a lot more for their time and for their money. Plus, they know how to write. They are successful in writing, and so they command a lot more. So just like everything in life, in my opinion, if you're doing sales or freelance writing or whatever it might be, the longer you're in the business, the more money you can command. So at what point do you think we should start raising our prices? Is it relatively quickly? Because I know I've always started, and a lot of people that I've talked to usually start on the very, very low end. And then after a while, you realize, man, I'm getting paid way too little for what I'm doing. How soon should we start raising our prices? Like I said, start with uh, raising your prices with client number two um, and, and move forward from there. You know, you might start off writing for five or 10 cents a word, but, um, you know, as you gain experience that can increase to 50 cents or a dollar a word, depending on the publication over time. Um, I mean, it's in your best interest to move yourself along the income spectrum as soon as possible. Um, and kind of circling back to an earlier point you made regarding uh, trying to find work on platforms like Fiverr and Upwork, I think that can be an okay strategy when you're first starting out. Um, but honestly, a lot of the gigs there are low paying um, and there's a lot of competition for them. And so while there are some folks that make a decent living on those platforms, I think they're an exception rather than the rule. Um, so you'd be better off trying to land work outside of those platforms, especially once you have your initial portfolio up and running. And you know, another point to using those platforms is they take a cut of your earnings. So you get a your agreed upon. Uh, yeah, 20%. Uh, in, in some cases, you know, you, you have your agreed upon rate, the platform takes 20%, then you have, 
taxes coming out of that, which includes the self-employment tax and what you have left over, it may not be enough uh, to make the gig worth your while. So it's definitely in your best interest to try and land work outside of those platforms. Now, I want to touch on what you talked about a little bit earlier in networking and finding clients outside of things like Fiverr and Upwork. And I love, I personally love going to conferences that have people that are either going to be clientele for me potentially, or even just networking to know people in the space who then would know other people like you and I, we met through a mutual friend and she said, Hey, I want you to, to interview Laura. I was like, okay, let's do it. If, if you suggest, uh, Laura, I think it's going to be great. So let's go ahead and do it. Cause I know my friend and I met her through a conference as well as, um, just know the space. And so as you network, talk to us a little bit about how to actually get moving in networking. Because if you haven't ever networked before, it's going to be rather hard, especially if you're an introvert. You might be, it might be much harder. How would we get started networking? So I, I personally uh, am on the introverted side uh, and I've had to kind of break through that in order to be successful in meeting people. I think the internet helps with that, um, you know, so you're not necessarily in the middle of a crowded room all of the time. You can be interacting more on a one-to-one -one basis, but circling back to how you would go about landing maybe your first pro bono uh, portfolio building gigs, you are being of service to people. And I think that is fundamental to networking for any purpose. You find people online, uh, you could just do basic searches for, for you know, blogs pertaining to this or companies that do X or freelancers who specialize in Y. And then you just follow them on social media and you have uh, a dialogue with them. You build rapport through their posts. Uh, maybe they even reciprocate so that your material gets put in, in front of other people's eyes. Um, and that's another thing is putting out your own content is a great way to network too and catch other people's attention because it gives you the opportunity to showcase your expertise. And I certainly agree with going to conferences. I, I've met a number of folks uh, at those types of large live events, even though they may make me feel a little uncomfortable due to being an introvert, it's absolutely 100% worth it because you get to make so many connections in such a short period of time. And you never know where those connections are going to lead to. You know, I met our mutual friend uh, through different circles associated with a, a conference, pretty sure we're talking about the same one. One, and, um, you know, she linked me up with you. So, you know, I, I had seen you online, but I wasn't completely aware of you until uh, I had spoken with our mutual friends. So it's just kind of amazing what can come out of just knowing a couple of people and then your circle, um, as you nurture it, will naturally expand. For everybody listening to this, if you've ever been at a conference for your job, this is nothing like that. This is a personal conference that you're going to build your own business. So when I was working a job, I would go to conferences and they were horrible. I mean, I literally didn't want to talk to anybody. I literally did not network with anybody. I just went to the classes or, you know, whatever sessions they had and, and then left and just checked that off. And obviously it was like, okay, I can get out of the sessions. Let me sneak out let me go get some lunch or whatever it might be, or you go see the town. But um, this is so not that. The first conference that I went to for myself I was, I went into it kind of like my conference history with my job. And then quickly I realized I had a really good friend. His name's Tom Sylvester, really good friend say, dude, this is not about you learning more. You can find all the stuff online. 
This is about you networking. This is about you finding people that are going to be, you're going to help them and they're going to help you. This is what it's all about. That was in 2017, my first conference that I went to that changed my world because now I have so many new friends, which is fantastic, as well as networking, as well as business. My business grows as I've networked and gone to other conferences. It's just a phenomenal to do. Now, Laura, as we are starting to write, there's also the business side running a business, of being a freelance writer, what should we be thinking about as we're creating a business? Do we need an LLC? Do we need to, like, what do we need to do for the business aspect of it? You know, forming an LLC can give you a degree of uh, legitimacy in terms of perception. It also helps you to separate your um, business and personal affairs from a legal perspective. So there's benefits to that. I have an LLC. I don't necessarily think you need to form one the minute you book your first freelance client. Maybe that's something that you do once you're feeling more established, once you say, hey, this is really something I'm going to go with for the long haul, I think probably the more important bit is to really think about uh, dividing your personal and business finances, have a separate account for any expenses um, related to your business, for any income related to your business. It's going to make your job a lot easier for tax time. And speaking of taxes, um, when you work for yourself, um, you have to pay all of your Medicare and Social Security taxes, whereas your employer was paying half for you. Um, and so you know, you have to set aside money to cover that as well as any um, federal or state or local income taxes. So that way, when you file your taxes, um, you're not caught having to uh, scramble to come up with that money if you've been saving it all along. Um, you also need to file them quarterly instead of annually. So there's a lot that goes into um, managing your finances as a business owner, especially as you start to gain traction and start to earn more money money and incur more expenses in the building and, and maintenance of your enterprise. So would it be smart to go ahead and as soon as you get started, you start making a little bit of money. Should we get like a bookkeeper and an accountant or is that something that we can do on our own, like with an Excel sheet, making sure we open up a different business account. Like, can we do all that stuff on our own? I think you can DIY it early on. As you grow and things get more complicated, it may be beneficial to hire um, hire help for that. Um, and and uh, it can also be a time savings too. You know, I have a bookkeeper now that goes through and reconciles everything for me every month because I just don't want to do it anymore. You know, my time is better spent uh, focusing on growing my business and serving my clients. So. So you'll have to decide where that tipping point is for yourself. But at some point, I, I definitely think it is worthwhile to bring on professional accounting help. I personally hate accounting. I failed my, I was a business major and my accounting classes, I failed the first one because I was so, I would say bored. I didn't want to do it. I hate that. I hated it. Literally numbers go in my brain and they disappear. They like flutter away. <laughs> That's just what happens in my brain. So I love hiring accountants and making them do all the work that would take them an hour, what would take me literally two years to do. So yes. I'm all for that. And But it's also an expense that I expect. I know it's going to come, so I plan for that. Just like taxes, you got to plan for that. So I think those are all really, really good points. Now, is there anything else in the business realm that we should be concerned about. Now you brought up a lot of things like taxes and things like that, which you definitely, everybody listening to this should go and do your own research to figure out because everything Laura said is right. Um, is there anything else we could, 
we might miss or that we really need to be aware of? Well, when you own your own business, you have to wear all the hats. Um, and I think that's just something you need to be prepared for your own marketing, your own accounting, your own sales, your own advertising, your own HR. If you start to onboard help, whether that's as a contractor or as an employee, there are things that you need to be aware of when you do that. So I think it's just being able to see the bigger picture of what your responsibilities are, depending on what you do in your business and um, you know what you need to be doing as it expands. From there, because you you touched, I want to touch on um, what you talked about expanding because hopefully our businesses grow and we're not just you know stagnant. We're not losing money. We're making money, and then eventually we start to scale the business or try to make it bigger. Now, you and I, we only have everybody. We literally only have twenty four hours in the day, and so if we're just writing or editing videos or, you know, uh, podcasting, whatever it might be, like we only have a certain amount of time to actually do it. At what point do we start scaling, maybe hiring people? Like, how do we then make this a bigger business that is actually able to make more money than just our time that we put in? That's going to look different for for everyone. So depending on what your financial situation looks like outside of your business, you may be able to hire sooner rather than later. But I think once you're at a point where you're feeling like you're at capacity, like before you get into that burnout phase, you're going to want to consider bringing on on help. Um, and that's, that can take a few different forms. That may mean hiring um, a contractor to do a one-off project for you, uh, or that may mean bringing someone on to work for you on a longer-term basis. But the key is to make the decision to expand and to enlist help before you get to a point where you're just done. And you know, if hopefully if you're coming to that point and you're starting to feel the pinch and, st- and stress and pressure, you have income that that's commensurate with that um, so that you are able to hire help without, uh, you know, additional financial worry. I, I definitely agree with that. I personally like to actually have plenty of income or revenue coming in before I start hiring because I don't want to hire somebody and then not be able to pay them. That would just be the worst thing in the world. <laughs> that would be I really bad. That. that would be really bad. Okay. So what else can we do to make sure that we're successful when we are becoming a freelancer? you need to check your motivation for going freelance in the first place. You know, there's a lot that's great about it, but there's a lot that's unsexy about it too. You know, when you have a job, they hand you the work and you do it and then you go home and you're done. It's not the same uh, when you're a freelancer or a business owner, you have to go and get the business and your business brain never fully shuts off because it really can't. There's always something to consider. And it's a blessing and a curse, really, because if you're always thinking about it, you're always moving it forward. But if you're always thinking about it, you're never fully relaxed. Uh, So I think you need to understand everything that goes into it before you make a commitment. And I know it's hard to fully grasp it until you're in it to a degree, but you need to figure out why you want to go that route to begin with. If you just have a bad boss, maybe you just need to change jobs. Maybe starting a business isn't the right thing for you. Um, But if you crave freedom or a lifestyle that you can't achieve through while having a traditional, you know, employment arrangement, then you're more likely to be invested in making your business succeed. 
Um, you have to be driven by something greater than, oh, I think I'm just going to go try this business thing out. Uh, your motivation has to be aligned. Otherwise, you could have all the knowledge in the world and it wouldn't make a difference if you're not motivated to do it every day. I think it's a great point. And a great thing also about freelancing, though, on top of that is there's not a lot of money outlaid. It's not like you're starting a huge brick and mortar business and have to get inventory and leases and all that sort of stuff. You can literally try it out. And if it doesn't work out, you're like, you know what? Okay, I understand that didn't work out well for me. There's something else. And so that's why I love having something like a side hustle, something that's that I have my main gig, but I have a way to figure out if I want to continue on in this business. Now, what's interesting, and you, you touched on this, I used to work 40 plus hours a week for my job, maybe 40, 50 hours a week for my job. I quit that and my goal was to quit. Uh, my goal was to quit my just over broke job. Now I work 80, 90, 100 hours for myself, but I'm so much more happy. I get paid for the value that I bring as opposed to my hour that I put in. And my value exponentially grows as I build that business rather than building somebody else's business. So you have to understand that when you're going into business, it's going to happen. You're going to work more because like, like you said, Laura, you're going to wear every single hat until you can hire some people. So Laura, you gave us some great advice. Now there's a uh, rapid fire round for uh, some great questions. Hopefully they're really quick off the top of your head. Now, if you want to take longer to explain your answer, don't worry. It's not like you have to be really fast. So you give us so much great advice. Now I want you to think back to your younger self. What advice, it could be business or a life, you know, 18, 19 years old, just younger self, what kind of advice would you give yourself now that you're older, you have businesses and all that stuff? What advice would you give yourself? Save money earlier because it gives you um, wiggle room to explore opportunities. If you have the cash in the bank, it gives you the freedom. That's a great, great point. I love that idea. I didn't learn to save. I learned not to go in debt when I was younger. My parents said, don't go in debt. Always pay off your credit card, which is great. They never taught me to save. Then I got married. My wife's a saver, which praise the Lord, she's fantastic. I make the money. She saves it. We don't spend very much, which is good. I like that. So I could buy more properties, more rental properties with that. Okay. Now from there, if somebody other than just getting started, because usually that's the first thing is people say, oh, just get started. But if you're going to give anybody some more advice, because you're going to lots of great advice, any other advice other than getting started, what should somebody think about in their desire to become a freelancer? You have to know your why, and it, it ties back into the motivation aspect, because if, if you have your why at the forefront, it will guide every business decision that you make. So if you're going freelance or starting a business because you want to make an unlimited amount of money where you couldn't in your W-2 job, then you probably will accept more work and you'll put more hours into growing that business. But if you decide that you want to go freelance because you want to have more work-life balance, because you want to have greater schedule flexibility, maybe you don't jump on every single opportunity. Uh, maybe you don't work 100 hours. I know I I don't. I appreciate your your hustle and your dedication, but uh, you know that that wouldn't be right for my lifestyle. And so if you have that underlying why at the forefront of your mind every single day, it becomes easier to say yes and to say no to various things that come along. I think that's a great point. On top of that, if you know your why, when it gets hard, you think back to your why and like, this is why I'm doing it. Let me push through this hard time because hard times come and go. But yeah. as you keep growing your business, it's going to get better 
and better. So next question is, what is one good book? It could be or definitely nonfiction, but it could be business. It could be life. Is there one book that you would recommend us to read? Um, I really enjoyed Your Money or Your Life by Vicki Robin. Um, I think it was eye-opening to, to see how basically people are conditioned to trade their lives for stuff um, and how you can go about breaking free of that. So that's one book I think everyone should peruse. That's great. Now, what is one app or tool? It could be a piece of paper and a pencil that you use every day that other people that we should look into using. Sticky notes. <laughs> they're, they're not eco-friendly, but they help me stay organized. They help me capture um, ideas in the moment when I don't have time to fully explore them. My desk is covered with them. My tack board is full of them. I, I swear by them. I'm definitely more of a, an analog person when it comes to keeping myself organized. I love it. And honestly, you're the first person that I've interviewed that has said sticky notes. Other people have said like a regular, you know, sheet of a tablet, piece of paper that you can, you know, bring the pages over and just keep writing notes. So I love that idea. Plus, I know personally, as I literally write it with my hand, I remember it better rather than yes. just typing it in like Evernote or something. I don't remember those. They're literally gone. <laughs> but if I write it on a sticky note, I remember it. Awesome. So, Laura, you give us so much great advice. I know somebody's going to, everybody's going to want to reach out to you and find you. How can they find you? How can they reach out to you? Where can they go and uh, look you up? Uh, sure. So, my website is beforeyougofreelance.com. Um, you can email me at laura at everydaybythelake.com. That's my main business LLC email address. Uh, and I'm also super active on Twitter. So I would love to connect with you there. I'm at Everyday Lake. That's awesome. You know, honestly, Twitter is one thing I literally have never learned. I don't know how to use it. It's just confusing to me. I know it's just typing in text, you know, like uh, letters, but I'm like, my goodness, it's, it's, it's a whole different ball of wax, totally different than Facebook and Twitter, or sorry, Facebook and Instagram, totally different, but that's awesome. Everybody check her out. Laura, you've given us so much great advice. I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you very much for coming on the Successfully Unemployed show. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed our conversation and um, I, I hope it's been helpful to your listeners and I look forward to uh, hearing from any of them. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders Membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. It'll be in the description, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. You can see how you can quit your job, that J-O-B, by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Also, if you got anything out of the show, share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya. Yeah.